Hello there, it's Chappy, your British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, that's the name of the podcast. Episode 109 today. 109. So hopefully you're tinkling the ivories this uh, this glorious Saturday. Well, it's not actually glorious here. It's uh, sprinkling with rain, uh, probably going to turn to torrential rain and thunderstorms. But you know what? I do love an angry storm. I love when the gods are clashing in the heavens and rain's teeming down and the thunder and lightning and it's all very, very frightening. I absolutely adore that. It's probably coming from the UK where uh, we do have a lot of uh, a lot of rain. Thunderstorms, not so much. Maybe in the summertime uh, when uh, often the old honker was covered in those delightful little ticklish thunderflies um, that I haven't seen since. I think, I think they come along with humidity, but they're tiny and they tickle and they get absolutely everywhere. They're in every crevasse you can imagine. From the Grand Canyon, up the nostrils, under the eyelids, in the ears, they're little tickling little buggers, seriously. But anyway, we'll put the thunder flies to one side because luckily here in Colorado, uh, it's uh, it's very dry, not very humid. Uh, although today, it's a little bit moist around the uh, around the top lip, uh, to say the least. Uh, but uh, we're, we're struggling along manfully, or, or trying to. And, and I let everybody have a little peek around the Aris today. Not the arse, the Aris. So the Aris is a, you know, a little bit of a divider that you have. If you were getting changed back in the days of Hamlet or medieval times, maybe William the Conqueror, you would have an Aris. Um, but, you know, you can peer around the Aris as you're uh, getting changed uh, or removing your silk underoos or whatever you, whatever you prefer to wear. Maybe uh, maybe you go commando, maybe you have uh, the granny knickers, whatever's your preference. Um, I mean, I'm not a granny knickers person myself, you know, too, too, too restrictive. And, uh, you know, I always have my trousers pulled up to my uh, double chin uh, as it is. So you, they're not required, definitely. Um, but uh, it gave you a little bit of a peek uh, around uh, Chappy Towers, or old Chappy Towers as we're going to call it. Lots of green. Uh, Oliver was here yesterday mowing the stripes in the lawn. I mean, I, I like the stripes, but I, supp- I really do prefer that chessboard look. Uh, you know, he sometimes does when it looks like a pristine chessboard uh, etched into the landscape with green, dark greens and light greens in the, uh, in the formation of a chessboard. It's almost like a knight to king um, on occasions here. And he, d- he, d- he does a bloody good job uh, with the gardening. But I, I did reveal the face, um, you know, and, and, and I think several people may need to go to therapy now. Um, I was wondering if I should put a tuxedo on this morning uh, when I did a did a face reveal, or uh, or you know, maybe I should do half a white mask like the new Bond villain in uh, No Time to Die. Uh, maybe do the uh, Blofeld scar. Um, maybe hold a corgi in front of my face as well, just to, just so you can hear the voice. But you know, I went full face, and I just got back from a rather long, jaunty sort of walk. So, um, you know, not not really looking at my best. But you know, sometimes you have to approach your audience without any makeup on. 
you know, and that and that's when I, I I thought, you know, I'm not going to put my uh, eyeliner on. No lippy today for me. I'm just going to present myself to the camera, basically naked. Well, not literally naked, but naked without any any showbiz makeup or anything like that. No blusher or anything like that. That was naturally me, uh, warts and all. Not that there are any warts. Um, and, uh, and, and, and wrinkles, you know, but a fatter face does hide the wrinkles. Uh, that's, that's the key. You know, if you want to look uh, wrinkle-free into your 70s, not 70 really, into your 40s, then a little bit of a fatter face is, is the key. I mean, I did consider maybe getting uh, uh, maybe whale blubber, uh, not the grease, not that not, not you'd make the candle wax out of or perfume, but maybe a bit of whale blubber or, or potentially... Uh, uh, piece of pork belly and get that injected into the face and you know what I think if I had pork belly injected into the face I would not have wrinkles uh, into my well into my 70s you know but uh, but you that that may be that underlying smell of bacon which uh, could attract all of the hounds around the neighborhood so if you want to catch up on yesterday's podcast that the title of the podcast was be ready like a Roman my hottest trek the gentleman's persuader and suffocate. So we're basically talking, I mean, I'm trying to clear out Chappie Towers and I'm, I'm a terrible whore. Duh. Um, I've been awful over the years, you know, collecting everything, as I was saying yesterday. But that's part of it. There was a lovely little article on people is uh, easing things out of their lives. Um, I mean, almost, almost the severe karate chop of stuff out of their lives. And that's sort of what I'm trying to do. But it's, it's very, very difficult. You sometimes need somebody else to lance the boil for you, because you just can't do it yourself. And that and that's the thing with the with the hoarding, I think. Um, also, uh, you know, I, I did talk about, as I said, the social dilemma. As I said, these little uh, artificial intelligent elves spotting, looking at everything you're doing, but they decide to uh, send me some sort of performance enhancer in the boudoir. Um, so we were talking about that yesterday. Be Roman ready, basically. And uh, then uh, my trek through the hottest day, the hottest late July day in history here in Colorado, and, and how I managed to do it just in full earnest. That was yesterday's show. But today, uh, how I can see myself maybe as a timber merchant. My, my dearest dad, my papa, the old man, uh, said that he can see me. I, I have the hands maybe to become a timber merchant. So we'll be talking about that. Also fitting into a gilet, a little vest, as they were called in America. Um, I found one in, in the basement as I was clearing out. It's, and it's something that I've had for a very long time. And uh, we'll be talking about that leisure as well. Also, um, with, the, with the suddenness of the change in temperature, the air conditioning still kicking in. I feel I've turned the thermostat up, but the temperature is still kicking in. And it's, and, and it's causing havoc on one part of my anatomy. We'll be talking about that. Uh, as I said, you know, I, I do feel a little bit like Polonius, but a little, little bit less slimy than the, uh, than the anti-hero in, uh, in Hamlet, appearing around the Arras and, and, and revealing Chappie Towers to you. Uh, but uh, hopefully no stabbings yet. No Danes have uh, reached their scabbard and uh, tried, to, uh, tried to stab me through the Arras as of yet. Uh, also, a, review, a crystal review. You know, we're a little bit getting a little bit new age here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. A crystal review as well. My favourite fluffy pillow. Talking about that. 
how Amazon Prime needs to pull its socks up and start delivering things within a couple of hours here. Um, my throat's a little bit better today. You know, the honey, the gentleman's persuader of the honey did help uh, with that. My mother is a jam-making machine. She is the hostess with the mostess when it comes to jam-making. We'll be looking at jam-making today, the recipe that she uses when she's making jam. But you know what? If it's a hot day and the pots are bubbling, don't come a-knocking because you're not going to... Uh, you'll get very short shrift, basically, uh, when, the, when the jam's being made here. Uh, and I never talked about my uh, unprovoked attack uh, earlier in the week as well, how I considered the new form of uh, acupuncture. We talked about it, but never talked about it, and my junket of navy blue sweaters. There's so much to talk about. Also, Paranormal on Nextdoor, the Nextdoor app. Uh, it, there's something else that we'll be discussing as well. Um, it, maybe there'll be another visit from the AI Helves. AI Helves. Uh, but also the mission new cooling performance hats. There's a vest that makes you look slimmer, but also cools you down. And these are what they've been saying. Sausage Museum marks the history of a very old banger. America reduces space tourists to astronauts. Greek island style, how a ruined cottage was transformed. Uh, which things we say today, which we owe to Shakespeare. We'll be having a rundown. Vidi vidi visi, I came, I caught, saw, I conquered in the Prosecco Stakes. How uh, Prosecco exporters conquered Britain, and now they're trying with the French. The French are a little bit more snobby about the champagne. There was my uncle. He peered from behind the arras today as well, and uh, had a few things to say. That naughty rascal spreading vicious rumours about me. Uh, absolutely ridiculous as well. Uh, are you watching Love Island? You know, I, I, I don't know if we should be uh, indulging in such nonsense. Incense waterfalls. Uh, I've seen that as well. I mean, they're listening to absolutely everything. Fans, a doggy splash pad. Have you tried the doggy splash pad? But you know what? I don't think the rigid cravat, stalk scavenger's daughter, BDSM, bonds of steel, metal restraint is what I'm really looking for. So technology is the peeping Tom. It is the voyeur. It was watching everything. But this, they got it completely wrong. As I, as I mentioned... I got a note uh, trying to advertise me the bonds of steel. I mean, first of all, I, think, I was thinking like Arnie back in the day, pumping iron, you know. Arnie back in the day when he, uh, during Conan the Barbarian, where he seriously was very rippled and very orange. Uh, I don't really want to look like that. But it, the bonds of steel, so it said rigid cravat. I was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I need a rigid cravat because a lot of my cravats are quite loose. So you don't want it too tight around the neck when you have it wear a cravat or an ascot. So cravat's a necktie that you tuck into the shirt. Looks uh, très élégant. Um, you know, but it's from a bygone age. Young fella in Gossip Girl. I'm not going to mention his name. By the way, the old Gossip Girl's much better than the new one. Just saying. If you kids out there, you millennials with Gen Xs out there who love Gossip Girl, watch the old series of Gossip Girl, not the new one. The new one is uh, Snowflake Central, in my opinion. Anyway, we'll, we'll push that. We'll push that to one side of the podcast and, and pull back the bonds of steel. So, yeah, Richard Cravat, I thought, well, okay, artificial intelligent, AILs, you've done well. Rated five stars. I thought, well, that would be nice and comfortable around the neck. Probably quite elegant as well. 
But then it says Rigid Cravat stalks Scavenger's daughter. So I was thinking, well, you know, stalks the bird with the long uh, with the long beak that goes fishing. Maybe like a little bit like an osprey, I guess. And then the Scavenger's daughter, I'm thinking, well, that sounds like a torture weapon that they used in medieval times. You know, the skull caps maiden with the spikes and inside. I thought, this is becoming painful. I don't want a cravat that has spikes digging into my neck. That sounds bloody awful. And then BDSM. So it's a torture item that uh, naughty people use in the boudoir if they like pain. Uh, Chappie, on the other hand, likes a very soft unicorn pillow. That's what we'll be talking about later. So the BDSM cravat rigid stalk scavenger's daughter uh, steel metal restraint is not really for me. And is also £246. Now... That's a lot of steel. That's a lot of metal. And you know what? It looks pretty heavy as well. It not only looks painful, but it looks, uh, it looks, it looks very heavy. I, knew I don't want to be bench-pressing the rigid cravat stalk scavenger's daughter BDSM bonds of steel. I mean, what a title for a start. How could they fit that in there? So I say no thank you to that. I think I'm going to stick to my silk cravat with the polka dots. So we have some real-time feedback here. So if you're listening on the musical Chappy edition, the musical Butler Emporium edition of the podcast on Spotify Podcasts or Anchor FM, then you would have heard uh, a little band. Uh, I think it was a DJ uh, dance sensation. Well, one-hit wonder. If you can call a one-hit wonder a dance sensation. Sexosonic. I thought it was you. I've been looking for that tune for probably 15 years now you can find it on youtube but now they are streaming it on spotify so you had the delight that was sexosonic i thought it was you a tune that was uh, long lost buried in the ark of the covenant it might have been dipped in christ's blood in the holy grail but it's a great dance tune so get your glow sticks out and dance to that and uh, if you're listening to the audio version, well, just look it up. Thought it was you, Sexosonic. The 12-inch version. You want the 12-inch. You want the big version. You want the large version. The, you want to be peak-tonging at large. Okay? Anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll push that to one side. And uh, we will continue with the uh, podcast. Oh, so if my mother's listening right now, or my sister, or... Maybe anybody related to me, uh, yeah, could you just, uh, just, just tune out for a sec? Just, I'll give you a few seconds to tune out here, okay? Yeah, so I heard this in the week. Uh, yes, it's news, breaking news here. The sexual position formerly known as 69 is now called 96. Uh, due to the economy, the cost of eating out has uh, severely gone up. So the internet reacts to an American's first attempt at a full English breakfast. A brave American has risked the wrath of England by sharing a picture of their very first attempt at the most English of traditions, a good old fry-up. But as it turns out, they did a pretty good job. Having headed to their local grocery store to collect the requisite ingredients, they cooked up a plate of sausages, fried tomatoes, fried mushroom, bacon and scrambled eggs with chives and of course what would the full english be without baked beans so they include a big pile of them before rounding their efforts off with some buttered white toast 
Before eating the plateful of breakfast delights, the cook took a photo of it and later shared it on Reddit, saying, as an American, I tried my best with what they had at the grocery store. It was great. Thanks for inventing this lot. Whilst English people are known to have very protective of their fry-ups, people at Reddit were suitably impressed. With the debut effort from across the pond, the photo has gained over 20,000 upvotes and plenty of positive comments. This may well be the finest looking American breakfast made by an American. Yes, seriously well done, old chap. One poster managed to reference English institution Alan Partridge by noting that the cook had even used the sausages as a breakwater between the eggs and the beans. First class, back of the net. Despite cramming three Partridge quotes into one reply, unlike Alan, they didn't give the breakfast a score out of 10. A Brit living in the US also gave full praise for the effort. I can attest how hard it is to find the ingredients for a good English breakfast. My American wife knows where to get the right beans and sausages from now. But to go to two different supermarkets, well done on the brekkie. Another person added, this post basically makes you a British citizen. Some commentators had a few concerns though. One questions the inclusion of chives in the scrambled eggs, saying I don't want to worry anybody, but there appears to be something green on the plate slightly healthy not part of the whole mantra of the fried breakfast others suggested a missing ingredient next time add some black pudding uh but you know this is probably making me incredibly hungry seeing that i haven't eaten since breakfast this morning okay so let's go through the full english breakfast see what they had on the plate here so we had the fried eggs baked beans we had Buttered toast. I don't know if I'm going to give them the buttered toast. We had the tomatoes. Oh, yes, yes. Well, we're not going to... Yes, alas, they didn't have the blood pudding. They didn't have the black pudding. And they had a white slice buttered toast, but they did not have... The fried slice, the fried bread. You need the fried bread. And I hope that they didn't use the baked beans with the bits of fat in. If that if if the if they use the baked beans with a bit of fat in, uh, you need to have the veg- vegetarian version of the Heinz baked beans, or you get this. So my father, Peter, Papa did add the old man does think that i could become a timber merchant many years ago in the midst of boarding school between writing fine pieces and putting together a well-crafted school magazine on a wednesday afternoon i would be doing forestry with a man who back in 1994 looked like he was 80 but it turns out that he was only 55 at the time But he taught me everything about timber, everything about wood, from cutting down trees, to taking off the bark, to sanding, to cutting it up, all of the rest. I mean, I already sound like an expert, don't I? I was always worried about getting a, uh, uh, you know, a splinter into the finger, though, and having to go and get another manicure. And God forbid any landed on my toe, that would be an emergency pedicure required. Um, But father had faith. And George, well, he probably didn't have as much faith as my dear dad, uh, but he thought that, uh, you know, maybe I could have a career in the lumber trade. 
But I found the other day that helping out again, there seems to be some symmetry in my life here. Once again, I was carrying wood, and that's not a euphemism. I was carrying wood with two 70 year old men, 60 pound packets of wood for wood floors. They're going to refloor Chappie Towers after I leave. Uh, you know, they, they, won't, they, won't, they won't find any uh, pieces of black pudding or, um, you know, sarcophaguses or anything else under the floorboard. No need to worry there. Um, but I, I did a very good job. And I, and I think the smell of the wood harkened me back to the days when I was doing forestry with dear old George. And I thought maybe I could, uh, maybe I'd start, the, maybe this could be a second career for me. You know, if, uh, if the butlering, if the podcasting doesn't work, or maybe I could do a podcast on handling one's wood. I mean, that could be the way forward for Chappie the Butler. If I retire, I could go into the wood trade, uh, but better mind the splinters. So a slight warning going out here. I'm going to play a little sound effect in the background that uh, if you're um, maybe three miles away from a, a, a bathroom, a toilet, a garderobe, a porta blue, a porta potty, uh, the loo itself, then maybe you should tune out for a second or two. Because um, this is a sound of a, a bamboo water fountain in a Japanese garden, and it's 10 hours worth. So uh, if you haven't got your fill after three hours, you've got a seven hour of, uh, of the bamboo fountain flowing over in, uh, in uh, near Mount Fuji, I believe. But anyway, so this is part of the story, though. So let's, let's start the, uh, we'll gently start the water here, the peaceful sound of the, uh, of the bamboo water flowing over here. You know, we just, there we go, yep. Okay. So we have Terran Fuji swaps beer for fish in Sumo's greatest comeback. After injuring both his knees, the Mongolian sumo wrestler Torin Fuji uh, was at the low ebb in 2018. Left using a wheelchair and suffering from diabetes and hepatitis, he'd been regulated to the ninth of Sumo's 10 divisions, losing his monthly salary and was on the verge of quitting at Japan, Japan's ancient national sport. But this week, he was promoted to the pinnacle, the Yokozuna Grand Champion completing the greatest comeback in sumo wrestling history. The 29-year-old wrestler credits the faith of his stable master and the support of his wife, who he mad in 2018. After hitting rock bottom, Tarun Fuji stopped drinking alcohol and began eating a healthy diet of dishes prepared by his wife and based on a nutritional advice from his uh, doctor. Sumo wrestlers usually consume a rich calorie, heavy stew, often accompanied by the copious amounts of beer to put on the weight required to compete. Tarun Fuji, whose real name is Gantuga Gardini, returned to the ring in March 2019 and began to slowly rise back to the ranks. Still unfancied, he shocked spectators and his opponents at the Nagoya Grand Sumo Tournament in July last year by securing victory with 13 wins out of 15 bouts. That was followed by two more victories in the major tournaments this year. At this month, Nagoya's tournament, Terran Fuji went to the final day with a perfect 14-0 record but was beaten in the final bout by his compatriot, Hakuku. Uh, handling his opponent, the championship, the victory was Hakuku's 45th, making him the most successful sumo wrestler ever. But Terran Fuji said, I humbly accept the promotion. I will strive to improve my dignity and my strength as a Yokozuna uh, by keeping my mind steadfast to the tearful Terran Fuji at the uh, promotion ceremony. 
After Terunfuji's promotion, the Sumo Council member and Tokyo University professor said, it's about behavior and demeanor expected by Yukazuna. I hope that Terunfuji will be somebody who inspires kids and those wanting to become uh, successful sumo wrestlers. I don't want him to be like Hakuko. I don't think I could ever become a sumo wrestler with this uh, bamboo water fountain in the background here. I would, uh, I would need uh, several breaks throughout the bout. But maybe I've been preparing myself for many years. Many years of fried breakfast, Indian food, and pizzas have me ready to become the uh, next uh, Yoko Una. Uh, but, but I don't, you know, I, I may need to go on the uh, on the tuna diet, I think, if I'm going to get to uh, that level of uh, celebratory sumo wrestler excellence. So my basement, uh, and here's one for you millennials out there, you Gen Zers, uh, anybody who's probably not British, uh, born after 1982, I would say. But my basement is a little bit Brian Kant bric-a-brac. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. And I'm finding things. You know, I'm finding clothes that uh, were probably a little bit tighter a few years ago, that may be a little looser. Um, but I did find a gilet as they call them in the UK, little vest, uh, is actually one of those puffer ones. So it probably makes me look 100 pounds bigger, almost like the uh, Michelin man, um, uh, but uh, without the Michelin four stars or anything along those lines. Um, but I wore this about 20 years ago. It is in, it is in fine fettle. There's no rips or anything else in it uh, that I can see. And I, I popped it on and it swamped me. And I was thinking... You know, how, how big was I back in the day? I, you know, I did use the party a little harder. Used to, used to enjoy a few more drinks, maybe a, a few more slices of uh, Chicago-style pizza that's a little harder to come by, although I did find that tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, it looks... It's something that I could probably roll up slightly and wear during the cold snaps here in Colorado. Nothing like when I used to live in Chicago, where you'd have to wear your thermal underwear, your uh, probably two pairs of underpants. You know, I often wore my underpants underneath and over the pajama bottoms uh, just to keep the crown jewels fr from freezing up. Because I always worry that if they freeze, it may fall off, you know, like an icicle, perhaps. So that's always a little bit of concern. And then I used to have the balaclava and everything else. But the gilet was a wonderful thing to have, sometimes under a coat, sometimes on one of the few occasions in Chicago when we had an autumn. Uh, because normally it's summer turns into winter uh, in, the, uh, in the Windy City. But the gilet fits well, so I'm going to keep the gilet. But I don't think that I'll be able to fit into the boarding school budgie smugglers with my initials on it. That, that, that's a little bit of a tight one. You know, and again, you don't want uh, you don't want the sausage splitting, so to speak. So the temperature is fluctuating quite heavily uh, here in Colorado, and uh, I found a little bit of a dilemma because the air conditioning is still pumping in, so it's still cooling everything. But you know, upstairs where I uh, record the uh, the podcast in the Butler's Nook is is pretty cold today compared to how it normally is normally it's like a turkish bath as i've told told you the listeners this before 
But today, it's so cold, I think my nipples could cut through glass. Now, I'm wondering, you know, you ladies out there have leaky nipple syndrome, all of this during pregnancy and, and, and these sort of issues. But are there nipples pads to stop men's nipples protruding so much? But I have a, I don't know if it's because, of, you know, you get to the age when you're in your 40s and you have the moobage going on and then your nipples can cut glass and they're more prominent, you know. It looks like a, uh, you know, wet t-shirt competition or a poster from the 1970s. I don't want that. I need something to cover them up. Maybe runner's tape. But I feel I'd get a, a, some sort of weird looks if I went into a running store, running shop, athletic store, and uh, bought some nipple tape. I mean, but they'd probably think, well, he needs them for his moobage, not because he's... Uh, running a marathon or a half marathon or anything along those lines or doing a triathlon but i imagine if you get chafing nipples do you take the tape off when you get into the pool because i mean i wouldn't want to like you know be swimming along and swallow nipple tape you know that people used to stop chafing nipples when you're in the pool after doing a triathlon that could be quite uncomfortable but it's a real problem you know and I'm worried that, you know, people might think that, uh, I mean, one nipple's at 10 to ten to 3, and the other's, you know, uh, 10 past 3. I mean, it's that worrying. So, maybe I'm going to go to the running store. Probably my first and last visit to the running store. Um, but I, or I could find a sweater. If I sort of double bag it and, and double layer it, then, uh, then maybe it wouldn't look wouldn't look so bad. Uh, one of my favourite uh, news stories from last year has to be the naked German on the wild boar chase, and now it's been made into a toy to last an eternity. It's made into a must-have model for toy railways. A German toy company has immortalised an event that had made international headlines last summer when a naked man chased by a wild boar that made off with a bag containing his laptop by a lake in Grunderwald Forest in Berlin. Action set, uh, and it's a Weisschwein Alarm, priced at €13.99, has been launched by the company. And it makes highly detailed miniature model kits, cars and figurines to liven up railway sets. It comes complete with two little air mattresses for added realism. For the realistic animation of the model world, the company said on the website, based on the true incident at Berlin's Lake uh, to Felesti, a spokesman said the product was selling well. A German naturism was born of a political movement in the 1800s to promote free corporate culture, FKK, and encouraged belief of personal freedoms and unity with nature. The two-centimeter figure wild boar and yellow bag make an unmistakable replica of the action seen in August last year, when a middle-aged man sunbathing in an area popular with nudists was ambushed by a wild boar and two piglets uh, that had been eating a discarded pizza nearby. The sow grabbed his bag by the handle and he responded with impressive speed, chasing the porcine uh, family into the woods to the amusement of fellow sunbathers. He confronted the sow in the undergrowth and she dropped the bag. When he came, returned with the laptop intact, everybody applauded, witnesses said. Striking photos of the sudden disruption to the quintessentially German scene were published across the world. They were taken by Adele Landois, 
who has complained that she was not consulted by the model company. I've been thinking about taking legal steps, she told Blyde. She said the laptop owner had laughed very loudly. And then she showed him the photographs last year and had the permission to have them published. The popularity of nudism in Germany has been reflected in uh, faithful miniature models railway sets. Busch Modelbau also offers a set of two nudist hikers with rucksacks studying a map. I mean, where do they get their GPS from? I mean, where's their compass? If they're nude, where do you put the compass? Where's the GPS? Uh, it's slightly worrying to me. And one man of wearing nothing but an apron, putting a sausage on a barbecue. Now there's a euphemism. Uh, make sure you prick the sausage so some of the fat comes out and it doesn't burst on the grill. While a nude woman sits in a deck chair looking at the sky through the sunglasses. The sow has not been spotted at Lake uh, Tuflesi this year. And there's concern that she might have been shot by hunters taking control of Berlin's growing wild boar population. Well, that's a sad end to the story. I don't want to hear about the sow shot. I mean, much, much prefer if there was a repeat performance when one of the wild boar's tusks impaled up the German Frau's bottom. So as Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese becomes a little bit new age and quite woke for a woke world, we talk about crystals. So crystals have been known throughout history for their beauty, their healing qualities. Many people believe that each stone emits energy that affects our well-being. Does it work? So we're going to be looking at what each crystal does. We have first the natural amethyst. What does it do when you rub it on a very painful tennis injury, tennis elbow? Well, it doesn't do shit. Then we have the natural labradite. Sounds like Labrador. So what does it do with a dog's upset tummy? It doesn't do shit. We have the dream amethyst. Can't sleep at night. Rub it on the temples before slumber. Or you think you're going to have slumber. But it doesn't do shit. We have the natural lapis lazula. Give you energy in the morning. Does it give you energy in the morning? Well, it doesn't do shit. The natural blue agati. How does it help your life? Your life force? It doesn't do shit. The natural obstidian. I mean, that sounds like an obelisk. So is it used trying to keep everything upright and ship shape? To keep the uh, tent poles from uh, flopping, if you know what I'm saying. Well, it doesn't do shit. The natural fluorite, that doesn't do shit either. The rose quartz, sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Sounds elegant, sounds floral, but it doesn't do shit. And then the cream fluorite. God, I love a little bit of cream in my coffee. A dash of creme, but it doesn't do shit. There we go, ladies and mantelpieces. There's your review of the crystals this week. Guard and buy some. It's not going to help you, though. So, Mr. Bezos, put your penis-shaped rocket down for one minute. You need to help me out here. So Amazon Prime is getting quicker and quicker. Deliveries uh, within days, but not hours for food. 
Now, I'm a poor, homesick Englishman, or homesick for some of the food. We're not talking about the baked beans we discussed earlier. Not talking about black pudding, although that would be very nice. But what I need within almost an instant, I'll give an hour, I could probably handle an hour, is proper Cadbury's chocolate. Not the imitator, not the imposter that that they have in the stores over here. It's not real. I want the creaminess of the English Cadbury's chocolate delivered on my doorstep within an hour so I can set up a melty intravenous chocolate drip so I could become the Augustus Gloop of Colorado. That's the only way I'm going to feel better. So that's one thing. So please, I want Amazon Prime, Amazon Fresh delivering me chocolate within an instant. Proper chocolate. I mean, the limp balls look pretty good. But, you know, I I don't want to melt it, melt down the molten balls. I, I want the I want the Cadbury's, really. Next. So, I, I'm not a... I'm a bit of an insomniac, to be honest. A little bit of an insomniac. Um, and sleep, uh, sleep is precious. But I found recently, you know, having a cold room really does help me. So, windows open. Maybe the little uh, wafting of the fan through the air. That does help. But also the right pillow does help as well. The right pillow is an essential item when it comes to fall asleep. Now, you know, I have assorted pillows over the years. And I didn't think much of it. You know, I know people go for Egyptian thread count sheets or whatever. All of that trying to help them sleep. No, but the pillow is the essential. And I found the best pillow for me, purely by accident, my daughter left a pillow and it had a unicorn. Uh, it was it was encased in a unicorn uh, pillowcase and it was made out of flannel. Now, the soft fluffiness of a flannel unicorn pillow has helped my slumber. I mean, I'm I, I have a really good sleep this week because my soft, chubby butler cheeks hit the pillow and the magic of the unicorn horn sort of infuses into my into my into my head relaxes me and the softness of the fluffy flannel maybe as I like talking flannel all the time really eases me into the deepest of sleeps in the last week so my cure for restlessness is simply the unicorn flannel pillowcase ah <sighs> So my dearest, dearest mother has become the jam-making connoisseur. She has delighted in making 50 jars of raspberry jam. Now, I don't know. I know my father prefers the raspberry to the strawberry. But, you know, I, I do love a strawberry jam. I love a strawberry jam. But during the heady... Heated days in the UK recently, the heat wave. She was there with a, a bubbling cauldron making this delightful, red, bubbly, sweet masterpiece of raspberry jam. The thing is, though, as the jam boiled and the, and the mercury rised on the thermometer, so was her temper. I mean, it, she was, it was on a knife edge of, uh, of possibly uh, becoming a uh, some sort of jam infused 
explosion in front of my dad. And my dad, you know, my dad's a little bit fussy. He's sort of, you know, dipping his little pinky finger in and tasting the jam. And mm, yeah, it needs a little bit of more pectin in there. And, you know, it won't set. It's a little bit runny. I could drink that for a straw. All of those things. And I think it's frustrating, man. And, and I and I honestly thought thought the jam thermometer was going to going to blow from, from hearing the recounting of the tale. So she's now they've now got a fridge. They get, they're basically going to need a jam fridge because there's so many jars of the of the stuff. But I did introduce to mother the idea of a black currant jam preserve and and i think i'm on a winner here the problem being i love the i love the jam you can get over here uh, that so- sounds like a good mother in just use the french translation um and then you can find it but it's, it has a, the beautiful um jar lids uh with the uh it's like the old-fashioned you know my grandmother used to put uh, the, the over the jam jar she used to um, put the rubber band in. There was a sort of crisscross design, red and white crisscross design for the uh, strawberry or raspberry, maybe blue for a, a black currant. But the black currant jam has that sweetness and also a little bit of dash of the tart as well. You need a little bit of the dash of the tart. It's absolutely uh, phenomenal. But I was, it's jam making season. So you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener, should start thinking about making jam so we're the trendiest listeners out there keep calm and cauliflower cheese we have jam making on a podcast 10 steps to jam making and this is uh delia smith the doyen of norwich the doyen of norwich city football club the owner the chairman if you're not convinced about how easy it is to make gorgeous jam follow delia's 10 point plan sugar has a hardening effect so tough skinned fruits should always be simmered before sugar is added to the pan. Conversely, soft-skinned fruits, such as strawberries, tend to disintegrate when cooked and should be soaked in sugar first to harden them and keep the fruit whole in the finished jam. The sugar should be completely dissolved before the jam reaches the boil, otherwise it will be difficult to set and the finished jam will be sugary. To test if the sugar is dissolved, dip a wooden spoon, turn it over, and if no crystal uh, sugars are visible on the liquid that coats the back of the spoon, it's indeed dissolved. To be quite sure, stir well and repeat the test a couple of times. Don't try to make too large quantity of jam in one go. It'll take too long to come to the boil and then will not boil rapidly enough to produce a good set. How to test for a set. At the same time as you begin cooking the fruit, Place three or four saucers in the freezing compartments of the fridge. When you have boiled the jam for the given time, remove the pan from the heat and place a steam teaspoonful of jam on one of the chilled saucers. Let it cool back in the fridge, then push it with your finger. If a crinkly skin is formed on the jam, you always need the crinkly skin. Oh, by the, by the way, the crinkly skin on the top doesn't mean it's a European jam. It's a crinkly skin all over. Uh, so if it hasn't continued to boil for another five minutes then do another test don't worry about the scum that rises to the surface whilst the jam is boiling if you keep skimming it off you'll finish with no jam at all instead wait until you have a set and then remove the jam from the heat and stir in a small lump of butter that will disperse the scum 
Once the jam has been set, leave it to settle for 15 minutes or so, particularly with a jam containing whole fruit, such as strawberry, or a damson, or a chunky marmalade, to prevent the fruit from rising to the top when it's poured into the jar. Then pour into clean, dry, hot jars, filling them near to the top as possible, and straight away, place a wax disc over the surface, then seal with a lid. But, don't put labels on until the jam is cold. Otherwise, the heat will prevent them sticking properly and they'll fall off for sure. You don't want your labels falling off your jam jars. Good eh? Welcome to Trample Trombone. Anyway, a man claiming to be a time traveller from the year 5000 says entire cities will be underwater because of climate change and he also claims to have photographic proof. The mystifying man known as Edward <laughs> told camera crews from Apex TV that is part of a top-secret time-traveling experiment in 2004 and was sent 3,000 years into the future. To his surprise, the man claims that when he arrived in the future, he was presented with a sight of Los Angeles submerged by a great body of water. Edward says he's been working in L.A. in a laboratory and he was given an assignment to go into the future and take photographs. The man's face is blurred, his voice distorted as he tells the story. I'll tell you another story that will amaze you and also leave you astonished. He appears I appeared to place that was unbelievable. We're standing on a huge wooden platform, not only me, houses, buildings, of course, made out of wood. And then I realized that the same city, Los Angeles, was underwater, and he brought back a picture to solve and prove the tale. The time traveler claiming to be from the year 2491 said great aliens with a distorted appearance will arrive on Earth in 2022. Hmm, distorted aliens. Ah, the Trumps are campaigning again. And a businessman divided opinion when he recently took a stand against bra money. Betting salesman Michael Flynn has become fed up with customers paying with cash that has been stashed in their bras as temperatures soar to about 30 degrees. Oh, Michael Flynn, isn't he the old general who uh, was uh, basically fired by Trump in the first week? Uh, anyway, he, he sought to put an end to the unsanitary habit by issuing an urgent notice on the poster outside his store in Dublin about stuffing money in bras and giving it to him. The notice from Mattress Mick read, No bra money. Due to increasing temperatures and for their own personal safety, we'll be not accepting any bra money. Sorry for the inconvenience. If I had my money in cash stuffed in bras, it would definitely be an A cup. Oh, hands-free swiping. A mortuary uh, worker, Alexandria Balser, explains what really goes on in the morgue, including using kitchen tools. She'd said in the morgue we use ladles, jugs, spoons, sponges, knives and scissors to name a few. However, we do have some special equipment called rib shears, oscillating saws and searching needles. The equipment hasn't really changed in many years. Oh God, I don't want a blunt potato peeler going anywhere near my corpse. The woman was left godsmacked when her order from McDonald's arrived with a huge amount of packaging just for one tiny sachet of sauce. The video of unpacking her rather sparse order was vi went viral as people were left in stitches at the efficiency the staff had packed it. Monica shared the clip online where she admitted she's also meant to order a burger and fries but accidentally missed those off the order. So all that arrived was a single sachet of sour cream sauce from McDonald's. This was in Poland that she had ordered through Uber Eats.
I mean, we all bring water bottles now. Why not bring our own special saucers? We could have a special sauce holster. And a bird twitcher has gone viral after setting up a camera inside his bird box to capture a family of blue tits. And it's now got 40 million hits a month. John Chaddock started live streaming footage of the tits uh, with their chicks so families could watch their progress before they flew the nest. He filmed them just weeks after uploading the videos to YouTube. He racked up more than 41 million views of the blue tits. Oh, we have the greater augmented varieties here in America. So there's been a lot of talk about sex at the Olympics. Uh, And then uh, one of the athletes said, having lived in two Olympic villages, I can tell you there's little one can do to prevent sexual intercourse in the village. A hundred thousand condoms used over 45 days is no joke. And the pandemic or research isn't going to crash that number. Lastly, the Olympic village over 45 days will become the largest concentration of supremely fit, healthy and incredibly sexy humans in a single place. I don't know what the research says, but the desire and intention coupled with the traditional behavior patterns will fuel a lot of decision making. But what happens in the village stays in the village. It's been lovely having you here today on the podcast. The rain is beginning to cascade down and the sky is bruising, but tomorrow will be another day. And I'll be back next week on the podcast, two episodes, getting close to the big move here at Chappie Towers. Uh, But uh, I will be around to entertain and delight you. Uh, So audio versions, uh, keep coming cauliflower cheese across Apple Music. Uh, You can also catch us on Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, many, many platforms. In fact, I did hear two crickets earlier rub their wings together. And I could hear the dulcet tones of me emanating from their wings. That's all the platforms, basically, including Cricket Swings. But also there's a musical edition on, uh, on uh, Spotify, uh, which is also very fantastic as well. And trying to introduce a little bit of uh, new music. Yesterday on the musical edition, we had some uh, Isaac Stewart, who's a new soulful artist in the UK. I highly recommend listening to Isaac Stewart. And today we have another very soulful artist as well, uh, Song Grow by Sam Henshaw. That's on the musical edition of the podcast, so uh, tune in for that. And coming up next is the poem. This is Summer Rain by Aveline Gail Stover. Tapping softly against the aged window panes, soothing the soul, caressing the inner being, dancing across the fields of time, enchanting hearts, releasing minds as the thunder rolls in the distance. The rhythm of let's pitter-patter pattering upon the tin roof splendidly swells, while progressive rumbling foretells, lightning's quickened arrival, cooling the night as a frog's serenade, seemingly invites the spirit to enter into the bosom of peace and rest, drifting off into slumber deep, patiently I await your return. But I will return next week. Uh, until then, enjoy the podcast from this weekend. Chappy out. Cheerio.